we have five senses and vision is our very, very most important sense. And it's within vision that we interpret photographs and it's within vision that we remember information and that information stays with us. Michelle Chaplow, a travel and luxury hotel photographer speaking at TEDx on the importance of photography. This is the Respecting the Process podcast with Adam Roshan, sponsored by the SidFit Wellness Center. Customize your personal fitness journey starting today. You can find them at sidfit.ca. It's a really nifty local gym. And speaking of local, today's guest, Taylor Jones, is also from Kitchener. Hey, you know what? Something that I should probably mention? The fact that I'm in Sparlab Studios right now podcasting with the Respecting the Process podcast producer, Steve Spar. Hey. Man. How's it going, buddy? This is nifty. Yeah. Hey, you know what? So I guess you're a part of the process. I'm glad to be a part of the process. And so far, looking great. Yeah, it's coming along really nice. Doing well. For a modified studio space, not doing too bad right now. I like Spar Lab Studio. Right now, yeah, it's kind of interesting. Dude. That's for sure. What if you had a segment on the Respect in the Process podcast? That Yeah, that'd be cool. Could you work with it? I could work with it, sure. Would there be new and fresh dialogue often? Perhaps. All right. I would hope so. Hey, let's try it. Let's try it right now. All right. What are we going to call this segment of yours? Sparring with Spar. Sparring with Steve Spar. Okay. Yeah. All right. All right. Some of that S with S. Yeah. You ready for this? Sure. Sparring with Spar. Go yeah. deep. Going deep, yeah. Photography is a way of feeling, of touching, of loving. What you have caught on film is captured forever. It remembers the little things long after you have forgotten everything. That was a quote by Aaron Siskind. Thank you, Steve. I don't know, problem. It's, it's really nice to have that kind of seriousness on the podcast. Yeah, yeah, we definitely need that. Yeah. What are your thoughts on like a physical photo album? You don't see them anymore. You don't see them ever. It's on. It's it's Facebook now. Yeah, it's all digital. So a Facebook album can literally have five thousand photos. Imagine oh, an yeah. album with that many photos. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it'd be it'd be nine feet tall. We love taking pictures. Yeah. Why do people enjoy photography so much? I suppose when it started, it was like a new art form. It was a new way to capture the world around you. You know a term I learned today? What's that? Emotionalizing. That's amazing. Emotionalizing. So it's when you take something and you make it emotional. So I think maybe a photo... It can emotionalize a situation. Maybe that is what Dear Photograph does. I really... I would have to agree with you on that for sure. So today's guest really understands the emotionalizing value of a photo. Kitchener's Taylor Jones created the nostalgic blog called Dear Photograph. And next thing he knew, Steve, this thing blew up. We're, I, talk, we're talking like tens of thousands of views a day. Yeah. So, you know, the concept involves holding a printed photo up against the same space it was taken years back and just kind of reliving that moment almost. So it's, it's, it's pretty emotionally significant. And Taylor was telling me all about uh, a gallery he had in Switzerland. Oh. There was literally a woman in front of one of these dear photographs crying. Interesting. Yeah, very emotional, emotional sight. Emotional, yeah. Yeah, it's kind of cool. It's nifty. So since then, dear photograph has taken Taylor to L.A., Switzerland. The concept was even created into a book. This is the Respecting the Process podcast with internet artist Taylor Jones. <laughs> Just 
respecting the process, baby. All right. So what is Dear Photograph? Um, so what I usually tell people is it's very hard to explain, especially over a podcast like this. Uh, it's very visual. Um, so Dear Photograph uh, is a way to travel into the past using your old photos. Um, so what I tell people to do is get a find an old photo from when you were younger. Say you were playing in a sandbox in the schoolyard or um, just any photo from the film age, I guess you could say. Mm-hmm. And uh, you take that photo of your shoebox or your photo album and you go back to the, to the exact same spot that it was taken at. Yeah. And you hold it up, line up if there's trees or if there's a cupboard in your house or something that's still there that you can still kind of see on the edge of the photo compared to real life. Yeah. Um, and you take a photo with your uh, camera. Yeah. Make sure, you hold up with your hand, you get your hand in the shot and everything. Yeah. And um, and then I ask you to send it to me. <laughs> and uh, I get about five submissions a day. Yep. And I upload one a day to the website. Um, and it's just a real, um, it's a cool crowdsource project that uh, I didn't expect to become as big as it did when it did and so. it, it is cool yeah it really is can you explain how the creative process came about um, yeah so I was sitting at a kitchen table with my family and we were looking at an old photo album and uh, came across an old photo of my brother's third birthday my middle brother Landon and uh, he was in the exact same spot that he was sitting in in the photo as well mm-hmm. and he was sitting there in, in real time uh, right in front of me and I was sitting in the spot where my mom took the original photo. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I took it out of the plastic album and uh, held it up. And then uh, took a few photos. There's around six more from the same photo album from uh, around the house. And uh, I did those ones as well. So there's, I think, seven photos I originally posted. Yeah. And they uh, I posted them to Tumblr. And when it asked me to uh, post a... When you post a photo to Tumblr, it asks for a caption. Mm-hmm. Um, I didn't have a name for this yet. Yeah. I had no idea what I was, what it was gonna do. I was just gonna post these cool photos that I, that I uh, took. Yeah. And uh, it asked for a caption, so I thought, okay, how can I talk to this photo, or how can I speak to this photo? And when people write letters, they write dear whoever. And this is this sort of old kind of nostalgic thing. So I thought, okay, people write letters. This was, this could be cool. They write dear whoever. And so I wrote dear photograph, and then uh, spoke to what I thought the contrast was like between the past and the present yeah and I did it for the seven photos uploaded them and that's sort of how it all began and you've been you've been pretty successful yeah it's been it's been fun <laughs> can, you, can you talk about some of the things that happened after you know the website took off yeah so um, I guess I was working at Blackberry at the time I was on the uh, social media team yep over there and uh, I remember coming in saying to my boss oh look at the website I started and he was like oh it's cool get back to work <laughs> and then uh came in about a week later and I was like, uh, hey listen, Mashable wants to do an interview with me today. Mm-hmm. Um, do you mind if like I take like half an hour to do a phone interview with them? And he was like, yeah, sure, that's fine, but let me talk to our legal team because we got to make sure that we got we to gotta protect you based off of whatever things BlackBerry had to protect me for. Of course. They didn't want me saying that I worked for BlackBerry, which I disagreed with because I thought it was a cool thing that I was doing. I guess they didn't they didn't expect what would happen to happen. Yeah. Um, so I did an interview with Mashable, and I probably had about 14 photos on the site, seven of them being mine. Mm-hmm. 
and um, did the interview with them, and then that's when it really kind of got the, the ball moving, Yeah. because uh, I got a bunch of people sending me their own photos uh, from the Mashable article, and it's when it really started to pick up, Yeah. Uh, and then I'd probably say about a week and a half after that, it hit the front page of Reddit, Yeah. and it got a quarter of a million hits in a day. I was like, whoa, this is cool, this wow. is crazy. Yeah. I freaked out. It was, it, it was pretty neat. What was that like, man? Tell me tell me the feeling that you got when you found out that you got a quarter million hits. Well, I was about to... So you, went, I, you went viral. Yeah, yeah, I went viral. <laughs> um, so I, it was funny because I was with my buddy, and we were about to go to a party. Yeah. And it just passed midnight, and uh, I, knew, I knew that it hit the front page of Red. I didn't know what to expect. Yeah. So it just passed midnight, and Google Analytics updates at midnight. Okay. So we were just leaving to go to this party or whatever, and I was like, okay, hey, hold on, let me just, like, it was like 12 or something, and uh, so I was like, let me just, I was literally walking to his car, I was like, just give me two seconds, let me go downstairs and check the analytics. Yeah. So I went downstairs and opened it up, and I just kind of sat there, and I was like, holy shit. Yeah. <laughs> like, this is, this is massive, like, there was a quarter of a million people on my website today. Yeah. So I had a good night that night, because we went out and... I believe it. Yeah, okay. <laughs> we celebrated a little bit. Man, that's, good. Yeah. that's amazing. But from what I've been told about you, it, it's kind of well earned. Like you were, you were always that sort of techie on your computer, yeah. constantly investing your time into that kind of thing. Yeah, I definitely. Uh, I go by that whole uh, Malcolm Gladwell ten thousand hour rule. Yeah. Um, where I definitely know I spend well over ten thousand hours leading up to that to that point. I. Mm-hmm. I guess it. No, you're talking about like establishing a talent, right? Like the, the ten thousand. Just knowing what it would take to do something on the internet. Like yeah. I always tried, but I never tried to like make it this big thing. I wanted to just make something really cool. Mm-hmm. Um, so, even going back as far as probably um, making skateboarding videos in high school. Yeah. Like I remember skateboarding. Oh, St. Mary's. Yeah. Like, there'd be a bunch of people skating. And the hair. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The hair, of course. The hair. Bring it back a little bit here. Um, and uh, I think that whole the creative mindset that I had, mm-hmm. even early on. Yeah. Even before that, I remember I talked about um, being in elementary school and carrying around my floppy disk camera and taking photos throughout the year and making the yearbook for for my elementary school. It's amazing. And like, I was in grade eight. And who did that? In what year would that be? Two thousand. One, like Jeez. I don't know. <laughs> so a while ago. Yeah. So it was. Uh, it was always something that there was always something ticking inside of my head that I knew I had to do, and there was always different ways that I was doing things. Yeah. And uh, I guess it, it's kind of developed over time. Now in the inter- now the internet's come along. It's yeah. cool. I found a photo the other day of uh, my first time on a computer. I was pretty pretty <laughs> stoked on it. I need to go do a deer photograph of it. Yeah. Um, but just uh, the whole internet age now, that just opened up a whole whole other window for yeah. me. Um, so like I, I remember being the, the first person that I knew my age on Facebook. I, I used my friend who was in university. She's three years old, two years older than me. I used her friend's email yeah. from the University of Guelph to yeah. get on Facebook in like 2005 or something. Like right, because you needed a university email, and I remember doing that and getting on Facebook and having all these university friends as my friends on Facebook and none of my other friends because <laughs> we were still in elementary school. Yeah, just, just finding a way to get online. Yeah, yeah. And then uh, even with like Twitter and Instagram, um, 
I was on early, and I was always always that person in high school that was uh, more of an advocate for it than yeah. anybody else was before. Now it's mainstream. Yeah. Um, but like, I remember like my friends used to make fun of me yeah. for being on t- this Twitter thing, <laughs> and. Uh, Look who's laughing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I called them out all the time. I was talking the other day, and I even said, to them, I was like, I call you guys out on that whenever there's the most amount of people in the room, and, and, like when I'm speaking, just because you made me feel like absolute shit in like high school. You uh, see somebody tweeting, and say, what yeah. are you doing over there? Yeah. Told you so. Yeah. Hey, so, why do people like it so much? Like, why do people dig your photograph? I told a friend of mine I was hanging out with yesterday yeah. that I was going to be podcasting with you, and I showed her the website. Mm-hmm. And she couldn't get off. Yeah. Like she couldn't get off the website. She was just sitting there and, and scrolling. Mm-hmm. And it got to a point where like I'm like, are we gonna hang out? <laughs> <laughs> what? Why do people enjoy it so much? Um. So there is there is like a formula to it. Um. So when it first like when I launched it was 2011. The third anniversary is actually this coming Sunday. Yeah. Which is really cool. I'm super stoked for it. Yeah. Usually have a good party. <laughs> uh, so here, this is our celebratory yep. third birthday drink here. Um, <laughs> But uh, so there's the formula behind it, it's um, 2011 is right when Instagram first kind of came out. I believe 2010 is when Instagram came out. Okay. And people were, um, or people still are, obviously, they're yearning for this uh, sense of nostalgia, mm-hmm. um, a sense of uh, some sort of human interaction in a different way. Yeah. And that mixed with uh, the emotional connection that Dear Photograph has with the story that you can tell from it, yeah. and people relating to that story. Mm-hmm. Um, the mix of those kind of things put together um, is what makes your photograph appealing to everybody, because everybody can uh, really talk to each photo. They may, like if someone, if there's a photo about a grandparent who passed away, and this person always remembers going back to their house for their home-cooked roast. Yeah. Everybody has, has a memory that's sort of like that and you see that photo and you see the difference between the past and the present yeah. and you get this sense of nostalgia and you think about it in your head and say, I remember doing that and you, maybe you might even remember that smell of that roast. Mm-hmm. And it's that, that sort of uh, sense of human connection that you have with that moment that really is totally beyond what I ever thought it would ever do. It really puts time in perspective, doesn't yeah, it? Yeah, yeah. I've had uh, universities put it in their textbooks as a, as a way of like um, healing um, with grief and, and just random stuff like that. And I'm like, I did not mean to do that. Yeah, but it happened. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And I guess, that, and that's exactly what I was doing when I was sitting there at the kitchen table. Mm-hmm. I saw this moment and I saw it sitting there in, on, in the photo album and I wanted to bring it up kind of relive into that window into the past of my brother's third birthday because I thought that was cool because he was actually sitting there. Yeah. It wasn't his birthday, but he was actually <laughs> sitting there and it was just like another way to kind of travel back in time, back to the future. That's style. amazing. Yeah. Like J. Fox. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So you're a certified entrepreneur. Um, I don't, I don't know. <laughs> I don't really, the whole entrepreneur, like I, I've, as of recently, I don't know, I, don't, I haven't really talked about it much, but I've been kind of turned off by it, um, by, just by the word, I think, entrepreneur. Okay. Um, I think it's used too much. Okay. And people use it in, in a way that, um, like, and of course, anybody can be an entrepreneur. Anybody can try to do stuff. Yeah. Uh, and try to make a go at whatever they, they want to make a go at. Um, but I think nowadays it's it's too easy to. Whereas if you were 
an entrepreneur 20 years ago is some badass dude in a suit and a hat that that worked his way up and made this million dollar company in the 80s, right? Yeah. And now there's just, like me, I'm sitting in my basement in my underwear posting a photo (laughs) on the internet. So it's a different... It's a contrast. Yeah, and it's a different mindset of being an entrepreneur nowadays. I heard heard this, uh, somebody was saying the other day, we are the idea generation, Mm -hmm. you know? And I think you have a good point. I think that the word entrepreneur might be thrown around a little too often. Yeah, it's like, what's a friend now? Is a friend someone you may know on Facebook or you may... Tweet to occasionally? (laughs) Right? Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So then, I'm not asking you to label yourself, mm-hmm. but what exactly? How would you how would you categorize your work? What do you? Uh, I call myself an internet artist. An internet artist. Yeah, that's what my it's in my Twitter bio. That's I've coined <laughs> that one. Um, just because I like everything that I do is on the internet. Yeah. Um, I don't work at a grocery store. Or I don't deliver newspapers. I make things on the internet, and uh, I got that. From, I spoke at a, I had a gallery, it was my first gallery that I had in Switzerland in 2012, mm-hmm. and uh, they asked me if I was an artist, because my art was all over the walls, and I said no, and they were like, no, you're an artist. You have a gallery, but you're not an artist? <laughs> yeah. yeah, and I was like, no, I'm not, like, well, I guess technically this is my work, but like, this is other people's work as well. Yeah, yeah. And, uh, and then I, sa- I said in the interview that I did, I said, well, I guess I, you could say I'm an internet artist because I, like, I'm uh, crowdsourcing people's work and I'm making it available to the public and it's and it's sort of like its own work of art. Um, and I guess everything that I do now, I think, I'm, I'm a very creative person, or I, at least I think I am. And, uh, and I think mixing that with uh, the internet, I guess, is, makes me an artist of some sort. Why do people need Dear Photograph? I think it's it's something that everybody should look at, especially in our, our day and age right now where no one's printing photos anymore. Yeah. Um, that's the thing I'm a big advocate for, is, is printing photos or taking photos on a disposable camera or a Polaroid camera. Or, people need Dear Photograph because people need to have that tangible item. Yeah. They need to have that tangible photograph. It's not the same getting together around your iPad with your family and looking through uh, vacation photos. Compared to a nice hefty album, right? Compared to yeah. printing, out an, printing out your 200 photos or whatever you took or your 27 photos from your disposable camera Yeah. and sitting down or having, having them out. Like downstairs in my basement I have a ton of photos of, and usually when I have it out and yeah. people come down to my house or come down into my basement and sit down the first thing they do is they won't they won't go and grab their phone. They'll see this photo album sitting there with just a black photo album. Yeah. They'll notice it, and the first thing they'll do is they'll open it up and go look at it. And that's what that's what I want people to do. And instead of opening your phone and seeing who uploaded a photo of their latest lunch on, <laughs> on Instagram or Facebook, yeah, so, it's a little overdone. Eh? Yeah, well, it's overdone, and I'm I'm totally guilt, guilty of doing that as well. Hey man, um, a nice lunch is a nice lunch. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Sometimes the world just needs yeah. to know. Yeah. Oh, no, I, I, photo, I photograph everything. I document everything. Yeah. But um, there ha- there's that. It gets to the point where we still need to realize that that's we need to we need to make things real still instead of on a screen. Yeah. Um, and I think that's the reason why people need Dear Photograph because it's that it's that sense of nostalgia and that sense of uh, something in the past that that people need to look at. People from like 50 years ago, they looked into the 
past only using those five photos that they took on their old 1927 brownie Kodak Brownie camera. Exactly. Um, so I don't think we should ruin it, and that's why that's why it's that's why it's something I'm an advocate for, and that's why Deer Photograph. Um, that's why people like. It. So. Yeah, we can go deep. Wow. <laughs> yeah, I feel like there's a, there, there's so many levels to what you've done. There is, and it's a lot a, of levels. What are your top three personal favorite accomplishments? Oh. Because, um, I mean, you're talking about an art exhibit in Switzerland? Yeah. What else have you done, man? Like, that, was, that was really cool. So there was that. That was just a great experience. Because it was really cool to see the work up on the walls compared to on a computer screen yeah. that I would upload every day. Um, because that way you see people's reactions. And although it was in Switzerland, and a lot of people that were talking were French, mm -hmm. Uh, you can you can see people like I saw people crying in front of some of the photos, wow. and I was and I it was it was photos that um, that a friend of mine his, his parents his dad passed away yeah and I was standing they didn't they didn't I was kind of just lingering yeah. people don't know that it's me my face isn't up on on anything anywhere um, but uh, seeing someone crying in front of uh, in front of a photo that I cried in front of seeing. Uh, like being across in Europe and not having any connection with this person and seeing someone get emotional over something like that it was pretty powerful hey I'm not gonna lie I've been on your website and I, I get a little choked <laughs> up at times yeah, it happens but, yeah, but it can go both ways it can be hilarious it can be fun it, it can be incredibly uh, reminiscent as well oh yeah for sure so that that was just one experience that I put up there as yeah. one of the top ones uh the other one is uh, the first uh, big, big news story um, that, for me, I was just like, really took me back. Like, I sat there watching it, and I was just like, oh my god, like, this, that was me that was just on there speaking about that. And yeah. It was, uh, so, uh, ABC World News with Diane Sawyer, I just got an email from them one day, and... Like, hey, we want to do a story and have you as the person of the week on uh, Diane Sawyer's uh, newscast. And I was like, yeah, sure, not going to say no to that. Wow. So they, they uh, flew a film crew down to here in Kitchener, and uh, they they did a, I think we spent four hours doing the interview for a five-minute segment. And, yeah. Um, Diane did the introduction, and uh, I forget the man who actually wrote the the dialogue for it, but it was brilliantly written. Yeah. Uh, it was just a beautiful story, and I was up at my cottage when it aired. I was up at my cottage with my family. Yeah. And uh, it was just, uh, I think I, I think I shed a tear. I was like, wow, this is crazy. <laughs> like that actually just happened. And uh, it was that was definitely one of the, the top the top moments for me. Um, another one was uh, Time Magazine made me uh, the number seven website in 2011. That's amazing. Yeah, um, and then that that same same year, CBS named it number one before Airbnb, which was kind of cool. Uh, <laughs> and then uh, you've done all right. Yeah, and then the other one was the Webby Award. You know, the Web Webbies are uh, it's like the the nerdy Oscars for the internet. Yeah. So I was nominated for uh, in the category of the cultural blogs. Yeah. Um, I it didn't win. Unfortunately, but hey, I was up there with a bunch of awesome, uh, 
awesome nominees and the judges like David Bowie was one of the judges wow so uh, I, now I know that David Bowie probably took a look at my website and I'm very okay with that that's rewarding <laughs> enough yeah. Yeah, yeah it's an interesting dude I, I think it's a cool service I think that contrasting the past with the present almost for the future mm-hmm. I mean it's, it's an amazing thing yeah and it's an interesting process so I, I gotta ask you what does respecting the process mean to you Respecting the process. The process for your photograph is, is talks all about the past. And I don't think we respect uh, our past like we should. People, they love it. They love looking back. And they love seeing everything that they've done. Like, you know, every, like, every single person is not against going back four years from now and looking at a Facebook post and seeing what they were doing four years ago. I don't know anyone who hates looking at their old photos from when they were like four or five years old with their family or whatever it is people every single person in the world has to love looking back onto their past and seeing what they're doing yeah and i don't think we do it we don't think we respect it properly i think uh i think and that's it's crazy because it comes full circle because it's the whole it's the internet's fault but the internet is the reason why this thing is working and you're an internet yeah 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 (laughs) so um it's it's uh it's unfortunate because i see it and but I'm also guilty of doing it too, but I know that I, I make up for it based off of printing out my old photos. I collect all this old stuff. I've always been this old soul kind of guy. Yeah. Um, I know that I'm doing my part, but now it's time for me to figure out how to help other people do their part of uh, respecting their own past instead of just looking at it online once in a while. So I'd probably say that's the way I'm <laughs>